We are going down to Kribecha. I love this name. I love saying this name. Port Elizabeth was fine, but this one's better. It's got attitude. Kribecha. So, Ali Gooch is all the way from there. Peter has been contacted me and said, hey, here's a new song. We've got to speak to his wife. So, Ali, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, tell me, has it rained yet? Well, it started raining today, funny enough. I think that um, the Lord's anticipating his friend Angus coming down this way to pray. <laughs> I always love it. He says he's not the rainmaker. He's the rainmaker's son. <laughs> so he's oh, amen. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try and take our four kids there. We just believe it's important to be part of this. I think it's going to be a historical occasion, you know? Yeah. And the world sees, hey, I mean, it's the one thing you can't ignore besides finances is rain, amen. water. Everybody needs it, whether you're Christian or not. And if someone comes yeah. and it's not there and someone prays and it starts raining, you at least have to sit up and think okay maybe this is real or not i promise you i mean with everything going on in the world we keep uh, uh being further further convert well for christians this further confirmation that we have to believe in a god of signs and wonders you know yeah especially i think people have lost a lot of hope in south africa um yeah. uh, uh, all over the world actually because it yeah. doesn't matter whether it happens in russia or not it's got such a big effect on our lives here and it's like one thing on top of the other, on top of the other in this country, and even the Christians. If you take your eyes off God, you are going to lose hope. Absolutely, and whenever crisis hits, um, on yeah, on a larger scale, it's it's interesting how people start to question again. You know, where am I with my faith? And you know, how how are things going? Is is there actually a God? If if people are not even saved, they will start to question because they realize that certain things are out of their control. And then they start to look to uh, sort of like even if they, they won't acknowledge Christ, a higher being. And then there's an opportunity for us to maybe be a greater witness of who is the truly higher being, the true living God, you know? Yeah, I think if you know that you know, people will follow you because people don't know. <laughs> oh, I tell you, people are looking for hope right now. Seriously, they are. Listen, are you guys involved with Oxygen Life Church down there? We, we're not directly involved as in being members, but um, our children just went on the most amazing youth camp with their church. Um, yeah, and they are very alive. I mean, they, they were doing basically some sort of like um, ministry into the primary school my children go to recently. And yeah, just amazing fruit coming from, from what they're doing, you know. You know what? I actually happened on them on their website because they record the salvation stories of their members. And we love okay. the salvation stories. I never get tired of how people get saved. And so oh, I just found, oh, now I know this church down in PE. But if you guys are not involved there, where are you involved? So we are in a transition actually at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, been, having been planted at um, – a beautiful church called the Storehouse, um, which is also it's actually the sort of the the, the originator of Oxygen. Um, Brad Rainer, who leads Oxygen, was at the Storehouse, came onto leadership there, and then ended up planting Oxygen out of Storehouse. And Pete and I were, were there for I think almost fifteen years, and just recently, just sensed since COVID a transition, um, really just feeling a season maybe to move. We moved into Vineyard, uh, Fountain Vineyard, and um, really the focus at, at Fountain Vineyard is quite city oriented, and my hubby is so 
passionate about city transformation and national transformation that we've felt a season to, to really just plant ourselves there. Um, but yeah, I mean, your our city is blessed with some amazing churches. Yeah, that's definitely PE, lots and lots of them. But you do yeah. minister a lot, don't you? I see, I see you very involved, especially with ladies. You know, um, I would say I've been in a bit of a hibernation. You know, since COVID, obviously there was just a lot of hibernation everywhere. <laughs> but um, God, God took me through a transition where I was teaching music up until um, the end of 2019. And the business grew to such an extent that, I mean, I was teaching 40 students and I had tutors working for me and I had three children. And then when I fell pregnant with my beautiful little promised daughter in 2019, this, the sense of the Holy Spirit transitioning me came, came on me. And then I think with lockdown, um, it, it almost made it as much as it wasn't easy and made it easier to, shut down that music business and transition into maybe really pursuing a personal call to, to be maybe some sort of exhorter or influencer for Jesus. And so recently there's been an acceleration in, in involvement in ministry again, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's quite exciting for me, but but not easy to build something from scratch. That you, you realize that when you're building to be a witness for Christ, you have to actually rely on Christ. You can't build your own <laughs> kingdom. Then you're building his kingdom. And and his timing, I don't know if you noticed this, Janine, but it's sometimes very different to ours. <laughs> and unpredictable. Yes. So I just did minister at a women's conference in Jeffrey's Bay this last weekend. And um, there's a beautiful unity ministry that uh, some ladies from um, more Afrikaans background have felt to spearhead, but it's across the city that's beginning to ignite Um I should actually put you in contact with the, 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 the uh, what's her name, Anel, who's sort of leading it. But there's definitely something happening with the women. We, we're starting to meet once a month across churches to really ask God to, to raise women up across the city um, and encourage each other. So there's definitely stuff happening with women's ministry, you know. But even in church in general, stuff is happening. It feels Ooh. like God is starting reformation, rebuilding. You know, that is, that it's like people are not content anymore with just same old, same yep. old and doing the same old stuff. If there isn't a God doing God stuff in their lives, then why even follow him? And people who, who didn't go to church or went to church just because it was the right thing to do in a culture thing, I promise you they fell away like flies. And those who were looking oh. for something serious, they found what they were looking for as well. I don't know. It, it feels like we are being challenged to be more authentic and more spirit-led than ever before. Yo, I tell you, I almost want to joke with you and say, don't get me started. <laughs> I think I think what, what, what happened to me in lockdown was um, the Holy Spirit began to call me into my true uh, maybe, you know, coming out of a season of mothering smaller children, uh, you, you get to then start to move out of self-denial into, okay, so what personally, if I have a little bit of time, what am I really called to? And and I realize now that there's a prophetic call in my life to, um, what's the word, firecracker the church mm. into uh, a priesthood of all believers renewal. That's my, my greatest desire is um, to see, you know, some people can operate out of a qualm or a gripe with the church. And we've got to be very careful of that because God loves his bride. And we need to operate out of um, 
it's sort of like motivation of the church instead of a complaint of the church. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. And so, so I've, I've felt that through that kind of, as you said, well, anybody who um, is a bit lazy is going to fall away like a fly. Those that are now returning, there's a sense of like, let's um, commoditize the moment and all these that are now coming back, let's firecracker them into mobility and say, come on, guys, stop being pew warmers. The Lord wants the priesthood to arise in this hour, you know, and that's where my greatest desire is to see the body of Christ operating in their spiritual gifts and realizing they can't just wait for the preacher or the leader to do it. It's them. It's they, the army. That's what I'm most passionate about. You, you know? know what? Um, the, the thing burning on my heart, and I know you're going you're gonna to understand this so well, is, is that question, mm. how far do we have to fall? How much do sure. we have to suffer? How, how disillusioned do you need to be till you get to that place where you are disillusioned in yourself, in human wisdom, in, in your little lists, in all of the stuff that you, even in, in um, religion, how far do we have to fall before we get to a place where at last we seriously turn to a sure. supernatural, That's invisible it. God so much so that we do it with everything in us. It's like we've got to be disillusioned in ourselves first before sure. we empty enough to at last get to that place where we say, okay, God, I give up. So what, how do you do life? Huh? Yes, I tell you, you are, it's like the Holy Spirit's leading this call because God has taken me into isolation like Joseph in the dungeon. And, you know, I've, I've, I was head girl at both schools growing up. I was always such a strong leader, but... I, I, I would perform, I would win the Best Actress Award, I would be the lead in the musical, but God brought me to my knees, understanding that I was always resting, not that I deliberately did it, but in my own capability to kind of be this extroverted spokesperson, sometimes honestly wanting it to be spiritual, but sometimes still resting in my own strength, and I feel like it's not only happened to me, but the whole flipping church, even the world with COVID and the Ukraine, Russia, where it's like, Okay, God, I'm finally at a place where I see there is not a chance that I can do anything mm. to make anything great happen here. I'm on my knees and I've been, even in the last few weeks, um, you know, God's just really led me to a place where he said, Alison, it's time for you to launch a social media presence, but to be an exhorter for my namesake, not for yourself. And then I've gone, okay, this is noble now. So now I can just do this. But as I've any little bit of strivings entered in. I've gone back to my knees and I've gone, oh, this whole season for the church and for me as one of the followers has been about every time I start resting in my own capability, I'm reminded that it's only prayer. It's only worship. It's only seeking the face of God that's going to deliver us from what's come upon us, you know? And I really believe that's the message that's going out at the moment. It's every time we start thinking Okay, we can go back to the way it was, where we start doing little pretty ministry. And social media is the best platform to drive ego and call it Jesus. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, oh. Oh, and, and I've just, I, in my own capacity, God has been so kind because I even get emotional every time I start resting my own strength. And I start thinking, oh, I'm not looking at the likes and the comments. Then Jesus drives me to my knees and goes, oh, so you want to build your own kingdom, do you? Mm. And then I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I see again. Who's going to save us from Russia and the Ukraine? Who's going to save us from any mandates or any socialism? Who's going to save us? Jesus Christ. 
and I go back to my knees and I feel like there's such a tension for the church right now where we have to realize that every time we, especially with um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, there's such an antagonization of the enemy. And yet if we truly say, God, use this for your glory, he can. He can use these platforms for his glory. But we're going to have to be constantly aware of the invitation to ego and self that is constantly plaguing us, you know. But you know that scripture in Matthew that says that we need to do our good works in such a way that we shine a clear light so the people who see the Ooh. light will honor Jesus, will honor God oh, and gosh. thank God for that. But that's yeah. a, that is a, it's a fight to life and death to be able to do your good works, to do whatever it is your thing is that God has given you, even your mandate and your anointing, to do it in such a way that people are impressed with God when you leave and not oh, with you. I, I mean, I don't I even know how. You. It's it's this, it's this, and Jesus got it right. It says so he many times right. there that he healed someone and they thank God, you know? So oh. what's it going to take for us? How oh. can we do church? How can we become invisible when people insist on being on a stage and insist on being before a camera? And we use that and that gives us a platform, but still it negates the whole thing of God getting the glory. It doesn't matter how much we say so with our words. Oh, you're right. I think if we look back at the revivals, they would always end up being so about God that though names were remembered, they were remembered for the deeds of God that poured out from them. John Wesley, mm. Catherine Kuhlman, Maria, uh, Maria Woodworth Etter, Amy Semple McPherson. They were remembered for the power of God that was released, the love of God that was released. And I, I truly believe we won't be able to say we're in renewal or revival until it's the really the essence of the anointing, like with Mom Angus, it's the anointing that flows from him, the friendship he has with God that's remembered, and not him as a personality, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think we need to contend for that. And I tell you what, it comes back to your closet. That's what God shows me. He's like, Alison, nothing can pour from you that's of worth unless you spend time in my presence. And that is where no one's watching. And that, that's where you center yourself. If, if you spend time alone with the Lord and you truly seek him and not his benefits, then you will be able to see him pour forth. And I believe that's the key. Um, yeah. and, and I've also, I don't know, Janine, but I've also seen prophetic people releasing words, even in the name of the Lord, but releasing them. I don't think you've seen this new fashionable thing, but it's almost like releasing these notes or things online but it still can build towards us, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, 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 and you see like a new trend and then like I've seen it on Instagram, like so now prophets are now releasing words and people enjoy the words and then they start following them and then the prophet can end up becoming the personality. So it's this constant understanding that when I come into the presence, Pete and I were talking about this yesterday actually because he's spearheading a burn tonight in Port Elizabeth. And um, Pete and I were saying, you know, I said to my husband, I said, love, we had a coffee at Seattle and a, and a little meeting yesterday. And I said, love, you know, even for you, you can be encouraging the priesthood, but to find time alone with God. And he was saying, yes, to worship him and to worship him for his sake and mm. not because I need anything, mm. you know. Yeah. Flip. 
Don't you agree? Totally. And I'm thinking to myself, there's two there's there's two opportunities here. I mean, I am now talking to you, and you're used to being on a stage because it's where the band stands. You know, it's like it's like some people, their mandate is to speak to many people, and that's a fight on its own. But I think. The general church population has got the opportunity for that one-to-one, that Hannah thing yeah. or Hagar yeah. thing, that where God is a God who sees me, you know, who can yeah. see, yeah. can do one-on-one, who can do things in secret, who can give yes. and fast and pray and serve in secret in a way yes. that God really gets honor. That's, they don't even have to contend with the whole thing about other people wanting to put you on a stage. That's not your fight. Your fight yeah. is opportunity to find someone to serve, find someone to love, the unlovable, the ones that nobody else will. It's, it's the ones that aren't seen, that we're going to get into heaven one day and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servants, not the oh. ones that everybody's revering on the stage. And I think, and that's the bulk of the church there, isn't it? It's most of us, if we can skip the 80-20 principle and all of yes. us can be the ones who are out there to love and serve people, yes, we'd be a different church. Oh, I tell you, I mean, I even had on on Saturday women coming up to me um, after I'd shared and, okay, the one said to me, I just love you because you're so weird. And I said, no, I'm actually just normal. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't believe that a speaker would be so normal and so honest from the platform about her broken journey as a mom. But it was encouraging what you're saying. The people that were listening, the one the, the people that will generally engage the one on the ones, to say they would come up to me and they'd say, Oh my word, this has been so encouraging because what you're saying is that living an ordinary normal life is where the supernatural wants to invade. Like I can do this, you know, I can do this. And I just believe that if we uh if we can do anything as believers, not as upfronts, not the 80-20s, as believers, if we can just encourage each other one on one to say, Come on, man, God, God, God took the stutterer, God took um, the Noah who slept with his daughter-in-laws. He took the David who had the Bathsheba. He took the ordinary person. We're just all ordinary. We're just all flesh. We're all jars of clay. And he wanted us to, 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 to leave the 99 to go after the one. So, so don't make excuses now. The platform is actually a misrepresented, um, exalted stage. It's, it's not right. He, it is the one-on-one that he goes after. So, mm. yeah, and it was just amazing to, to see that me just being completely normal uh, and completely honest was encouraging the woman listening to say, oh, my word, there's a place at the table for me, yeah. you know. Okay, I can do this, you know. Because he's because such he's a one-on-one God. Oh, man, I mean, what is he? That's what he does. He's seven billion people and he thinks of all of us. I can't get my head around that. He created all of us. One by one. <laughs> It's absolutely crazy. (laughs) Ali, we have to get to the music because if you leave the two of us, I think we'll speak till tonight and that's going to work for now. So your new song, Every Time, what's what's that about? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because it does follow on from the theme of what we were speaking about. Um, You know, it's this idea of every believer understanding that they have a a loyalty to Jesus Christ and to a faithfulness to the call that he has individually and specifically placed on their life until the day they breathe their last. 
and and that their their loyalty being to him means that they need to hold to his lifestyle and to his principles because of their love for him and ultimately because of his love for us. So that song, the chorus is, you'll have my yes every time. Mm. Um, and it actually was written, I wrote it in lockdown, um, out of a place of just seeing the absolute pressure increasing on social media, etc., with, um, us all being sort of indoors and losing interaction with people and seeing how much temptation was even hitting the Christian church to mm. morph into worldliness and saying, what is it going to take for us as the people of God to continue to say, no matter what comes against me, I will not sacrifice to foreign gods. I will not bow to any man. And using the metaphors from Scripture, thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, thinking of Daniel, thinking of Jacob and Esau. I will not trade my birthright for a meal. I choose to move at your command. So the, the entire song was basically taking metaphors from Scripture and saying it's still the same today, Jesus. Um, this is a lonely road. Narrow is the path that leads to life, and few find it. You know, So the, the, the lyrics actually poured out of me in the dark all at once, but the embedding of scripture in my life from being in the church growing up young was, was the metaphor of I will not bow to the temptations of this world because I, I, I desire loyalty to you at all costs, you know? Mm. Okay. So if people want to connect with you in yes. the ministry, socials, all of that, where, how do they do that? So Ali Gooch Music, that's it. That's the name on Instagram. Uh, I have a page on Facebook, Ali Gooch Music, and I have a channel on YouTube, Ali Gooch Music. That's it. It's everywhere. <laughs> You'll um, have to spell the Ali. So it's A-L-I-G-O-O-C-H, music, Ali Gooch Music. And uh, what's, what I haven't yet released that song, mm. um, but recently just finished editing it. Um, and to be honest, it, it was written out of the season where I've been mentoring a lot of young people who are struggling severely with a, a sexuality crisis, an identity crisis, and um, an intimacy crisis where there's so much availability of pornography and there's so much availability of the impure invitation. And I had been, I had been in a season when I was writing the song of um, really working through a daily taking up of the cross with young people who were finding this as if the enemy is using these phones and the internet to to prey upon loneliness or connection issues to try to get us to have our appetites met in in the perversion of what God created in marriage and intimacy. And so the song was actually written for a spiritual son of mine as, as well who had been in the church his whole life and had secretly struggled with um, a massive sexuality crisis and, and who had gone through year after year constantly battling with sexual addiction because his own father had been physically and emotionally abusive and he'd been molested as a child. Mm. And, and, and it was so tough to keep saying to this young man, the roots in your life are 
pushing you towards the stuff that everybody says is okay. And, and I want to say to you, and this was me talking to him, four years I walked daily with him through this. Um, and let me tell you, the call on his life to music, I mean, he graduated with a distinction in jazz piano. So it was this war of saying, any person listening, you know, you cannot release purity from an impure place. Yeah. So you have to in your life as a worshiper, whether you're musical or not, the worship we give God, you cannot release pure worship from an impure place. And so I wrote this song as a resolve, as a mentor, and as a person who was going after this in my own life to say, God, wherever there's impurity in me, I want you to search it out and in others. I will not stand for anything else in a world that is identity confused, where I know that it is the root issues in our life that cause perversion in us. So when you've been rejected by a parent, when you have disconnection with a parent, generally the issues go back to mother and father wounds because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created mother and father to give us identity. Mm. And so this song was written out of this place of saying, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sell out on, on, a, on a compromise. That's it. This is a decree, if that makes sense. 